Heads up. This episode, the force is strong with a family addicted to screens, grandpa humor, and Wookiee porn. Grab your glowing orbs, because it's Life Day on Here's Why It's Great. Welcome to Here's Why It's Great, the Holiday Edition. Oh, don't be that way. Hello, everyone. Uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, and Bright Solstice to all you witches out there. It's Here's Why It's Great, and we are ready to tackle those holidays. Are you ready for the holidays? Me? Yeah. I'm excited for the holidays. I wasn't, I wasn't talking to the audience who can't <laughs> respond to me. I thought that might that have been a rhetorical. rhetorical. No, no, no. How are, how are you? Do you feel like you're ready for these holidays, Seb? Oh, I'm so ready for the holidays. I am very excited. Uh, I love this time of year, and uh, so does my wife. So our place is beautifully decorated. It feels like holiday cheers all around. Oh, my God. It's like a winter wonderland up in here. <laughs> I love it. Like, every corner of your place is just covered in garland and, like, holly <laughs> And there, you guys have, like, actual, like, legitimately real... Uh, oh, mistletoe. Yeah, you have legitimate mistletoe. Yeah. It's and at the bottom of the stairs. It's so crazy. Oh, you, kiss, you guys can kiss whenever you want, but it's just <laughs> special when it's under the mistletoe. I, for one, am not exactly ready for these holidays. Oh, why not? I just I haven't, like, shopping. It just hasn't oh, felt yeah. like the holidays. Dude, I did, the, I did all of my shopping within, like, the last week. Oh, it's yeah? It's been... I totally... Okay, well, that makes it me feel snuck better. up on me completely. It happens to me every year. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of my favorite holiday specials, which mm. is I haven't watched like the Garfield Christmas special from the 80s. I haven't watched Muppet Family Christmas, which is by far my favorite holiday special. Uh, uh, have you ever watched that? Not that I remember. Not that I can think of. Dude, it's the best. How? Where, where do you stand on Muppets? Oh, Just I love chill. the Muppets. Okay, mm. wonderful. They all go to Fozzie's mom's house. Fozzie's mom, who has just repurposed... A repurposed Fozzie puppet with a wig on it, basically. But it's all of the <laughs> Muppets. Sounds like what we just watched. It's all the, it's all the Muppets. It is also all of Sesame Street. Oh. And they there's a little portal underneath, and they go down to fucking Fraggle Rock. What? Yeah. I'm telling you, it is the best. It's all Doc. All those things combined? Yeah, That's man. Amazing. It's Doc and Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. They come to Fozzie's mom's house. They're renting her house for a quiet Christmas in the woods. And all these crazy characters show up. There's a giant turkey that shows up that the Swedish chef is trying to murder. But then when the, the, the turkey awesome. then points Swedish chef to Big Bird, it's like, that's a Big Bird. Anyway, it's amazing. But we're not talking about that Christmas special. We are talking about another amazing Christmas special. We're talking about the Star Wars Christmas special. Man, this is a, a thing of myth and legend. I, in my lifetime, my life daytime, had only ever seen really small clips of it you know i'm sure that it was probably just from like articles that people had linked to or something that had little clips but i had never seen definitely never seen the full thing and i had not seen more than maybe all clips combined five minutes of it so i was not sure what to expect and i had heard it was bad but i was like oh i'm gonna approach this with the eyes of a child Mm -hmm. and Remembering back to when I was young and how how fun it was to just see anything Star Wars related, like Battle for Endor or you know any of those ones that they made that did go to television or whatever. I was like, this is gonna be amazing. And seeing it through the eyes of a child, I think it was even more depressing, honestly. Oh, don't say that. I was like, 
I really wanted to, and there, there is a lot of stuff that I really liked. So I, I will touch on that, but I was just like bored most of the time. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Fair enough. I, uh, have only ever seen this once prior to this. So obviously growing up, uh, I liked Star Wars when I got into high school. I was like crazy into Star Wars. Cool. Uh, me and my buds all showed up to Toys R Us at midnight when they were releasing the Phantom Menace action figures. Oh, cool. Um, we when we got up to the counter, we all had our stacks of figures each in our hands, and it was a cute girl working the counter, and we were all like, "Yeah, these are for my brother. <laughs> <laughs> these are for me. These are for my kid brother." Uh, anyhow, so we were like super super into Toys it. Toys are dumb, right? Toys cool. are for kids. I drink so many beers. <laughs> so there are very few things that I had not seen. Um, I, I did enjoy the Battle for Endor and the other Ewok movie I, that I forget the name. Oh, the Caravan I, of Courage. Oh, uh, I always forget that. Movie yeah, I, I had seen those. Those weren't frequented by me, but I had seen them. I obsessed over Empire Strikes Back. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. And this was always something that, like me and my friends, like talked about as if you know they were just like rumors you know yeah. like oh man i heard about there's this thing that's so bad that george lucas had every copy destroyed and yeah. had it burned and oh my god i i would love to see it i can't believe it and uh only a few years ago i finally realized oh shit i have the internet at my fingertips why don't i just <laughs> look it up and one i think uh two or three years ago at christmas i or the holiday season i was at work and i didn't have a lot going on uh, as I ever did in this one job that I had. And I put it on, and I think it took me about a week to get through the entire thing. Probably like five to ten minute segments at a time. Because it is not something that It felt like it took a week to watch it tonight. It, it's not. I will say this. I know this is a show called Here's Why It's Great. There are going to be certain things that we can't exactly just say without any kind of caveats that this is this is great you know like we can't this is one of those things where there there are problems <laughs> i feel like and i was thinking about this earlier today before we watched this movie and my brain melted i i think that there are certain things where even if you don't like that thing there are things within it that you can identify as great or that you can appreciate and i think that not just this movie but there are going to be those things where it's like you know what i'm not a huge fan of that entire movie or I'm not a big fan of that genre, whatever it is that we're talking about. But I think it's important to be able to look at the work that people put into it, the stuff that was, you know, the heart that was put into things and go, but here's some things within it that I do think are great or here are some things that I can appreciate. And yeah. I think that's that's where I'm coming from on this episode. Oh, yeah. Is like, I mean, I like you, I loved Star Wars as a kid. I think we've mentioned this before, but like I, my mom has cassette tape recordings of me talking about how much I love Star Wars and I was always playing with my Star Wars action figures as oh, a that's kid. Amazing. I was a part of the Jedi fan club as a kid. I spent many hours sitting in my bed or laying in my bed trying to move things with my mind via the force. Like I really, really believed in a lot of that stuff when I was a kid and thought I was a Jedi. So I have a huge, huge, huge love of all things Star Wars. This is something that I was not aware of when I was young. I wasn't until I was older that I heard the myth and the legend of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, so I guess George Lucas was um, successful in a lot of ways that I, it wasn't even on my radar. But as an adult, like I didn't think I would be able to see it. And then here we are with YouTube and it was as easy as doing a quick search. We watched oh, yeah. it. It took two seconds to find it. So I'm glad I was able to see it. I'm <clears> glad <throat> I was able to watch it with you i don't think i could have gotten through the entire thing by myself um but it was fun to 
kind of live in that world again for a minute, that Star Wars world. You pointed out some stuff. I don't want to I don't want to take your things of why it was great. But it, I'll I'll just broadly say just living in that Star Wars world is always a fun world to go back to. Oh yeah, for sure. And there were actually watching it this time. I think this is the first time I've seen every little piece of it. There were certain there was one entire section that I had never seen. Uh-huh. Uh, which was my favorite section of it, which I think you'll you know what I'm talking about. But oh, yeah. we'll get to that later. We're gonna go through everything kind of beat by beat. But there were things in here that I had not seen when I watched the clip version of that. I guess I just <laughs> either skipped it or missed it or something. So I was sort of discovering things for the first time here and really uh, really just like letting it all sink in and really looking at like some of the nuance of of this piece <laughs> of which there was a lot. But yeah, this is you know we I'm gonna say that it this is bad. It is not good. <laughs> the Star Wars Holiday Special is terrible, but it's also great. Because here's the thing, man. Yes. All right, so yes. let's just talk about the overall plot of it. Most okay. of it takes place on the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk. Okay. We are with Chewbacca's family. I f- yeah, I feel like at a certain point somebody says, like, Kazook or something. Yeah, they call him, uh, one of the Imperial people says that Kazook is on lockdown. Okay. And I thought he was talking about a different planet, but turns out it's Kashyyyk. Um, he just didn't get the pronunciation. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just... Uh, that happens, man. That happens. But we're with Chewbacca's family, uh, his wife, Mala, his son, Lumpy, and his dad, Itchy. And they are waiting for Chewbacca to return home on their version of the holidays, which is Life Day, uh-huh. which is celebrated uh-huh. Kashyyyk over. And we cut back and forth between them and their their problems waiting and then basically they're hand wringing waiting for Chewbacca right. and yeah. Han Solo to show up in time for life day celebration. That's and, really the main conflict of this thing, right? Is they're just like, hope he makes it here in time. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like a dad who has to work. It's like playing trains and automobiles. Actually. Yeah, basically. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Only we don't have the hilarity of <laughs> just period. We don't have the hilarity. We don't have the hilarity. Full Nor stop. do we have the heart rending <laughs> moments with when, when Steve Martin realizes that John Candy's alone and he goes back and spoiler like alert. when, John Candy cries, the world cries. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, so basically we spend the entire time with Chewbacca's family on this planet. Uh, we occasionally cut back to Han and Chewie making their way, but that's just like a couple of pretty, that's probably like five minutes of screen time, and yeah. then we have another hour and a half over <laughs> of other dumb shit that happens during this thing. Uh, so we are, basically the the background of this, the, for, as far as I can tell, that's another thing is like, I didn't do... A lot of research because uh, there's Same. not a ton to find. What I could find was just that uh, CBS approached George Lucas to do a holiday special based on Star Wars. This is a time when like variety show style yeah. holiday specials or just variety show, you know, special presentations were I think a little bit more normal. So it didn't seem so, you know, out of the box for to put Star Wars. Uh, skin on a variety show right and uh, i guess george lucas was i think he was like moving or going through a divorce or both but he was uh something like that but he i think he was like moving locations or moving offices so he just didn't give a shit (laughs) and just said okay whatever you can't tell and i think george lucas has always been obsessed with the idea of chewbacca and the the culture of the wookies and what that would look like and so he was the one who came up with the idea let's do it all about Chewbacca's family. Let's do it all on Kashyyyk, the the Wookiee planet, hmm. and that was basically the only thing that sort of carried through from George's vision to the screen. And maybe he didn't think it through. Didn't think through. Uh, let's do an entire story on a race of animals or animal people, creatures uh-huh. that don't like forms. that don't speak in English and are not subtitled. 
Because yeah. I think one of the smartest choices they ever made was Chewbacca was not subtitling him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you watched the uh, the show uh, Big Mouth? No, I haven't seen it. I've oh, heard a lot about it. It's a great show. It. Fantastic show. Netflix, um, right? Yeah, it's Netflix. It's animated. Uh, but in it, this young kid has a hormone monster um, who's like this creature that controls his puberty. <laughs> um, that's that's the main conceit of it. But it's uh, two kids, two best friends. One's an early bloomer, one's a late bloomer. And the late bloomer gets this really shitty hormone monster um, who has this like... Do you remember Meatwad from the... Yes. Uh, he sounds kind of like Meatwad from Hunger, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh-huh. And... So he's got this weird voice, and in the first season, they don't subtitle him. And you can he's kind of hard to understand, but you can understand him. And the whole second season, they subtitle him. Mm. And I was really bummed out about that, because I was like, you can understand him anyway. Like, why yeah. do we need subtitles for this? I feel like... And, and, I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry again. But my, my overall point was that uh, one of the best decisions they ever made was not subtitling Chewbacca. I feel like that would take so much away from that character. I, I completely agree with that. I was kind of just going to speak about that. I, I think that Chewbacca works really well because even though you can't understand the words that he's saying, you can understand his intent and his emotion yeah. in the actual movies. But they also, it's because they use him sparingly. So he's right. like reacting to things. He, so or, you see he's sad or he's, you know. He also has somebody to react off of him yeah. and say, oh, just like R2-D2 only works if somebody, if C-3PO is there to be like, oh, R2, why would you say something like that? Right, right. We're not lost. So we know We're, how to. Yeah, so we can translate some translating in some way and yeah. so that's the charm of chewbacca yeah and but it doesn't work when there's just only wookies there's nobody to bounce anything off of yeah we don't have any sort of indication of what's going on and i made this comment while we were watching it like had it been very clear intentions from the family members between each other you know been really good mime work or really good character work or whatever right. then we at least would know what we're supposed to get from that scene. But I felt like personally, I felt like it was all just really muddy and them yelling at each other for a lot of the time. Yes. So I really was not sure what was going on a lot of the time. Oh yeah. So we kind of start the whole special. First of all, uh, in the version that we watched, which is recording from something we watched the version, there is a version with commercials and a version without. Yeah. Part of me would have loved to have seen the commercials just because I'm obsessed with old commercials. Yeah. Uh, this one did not, but we did get to see the uh, the announcement that the two shows that were being preempted were Wonder Woman and The Incredible Hulk. That might have started me off on the wrong. Foot, I know that because I was like, what? I would have liked to have been watching The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman instead. How fucking dare they? <laughs> but we start the after that and after a very charming commercial for the Star Wars toys. Yes. Uh, which, you know, really surprised me because w- watching that commercial and looking at the toys, with the exception of the action figures themselves, like the TIE Fighter and the uh, X-Wing that they were showing, those were the exact same molds and models it looked like from when they re-released the whole line in nineteen in the mid-90s. Mm. Like, I bought a bunch of those toys to just, uh-huh. like, have. And it was, like, the exact same thing as they were in the 78, like, the 78 line, which is impressive that the, you know, the quality of the toys was high enough in the 70s to carry it over all the way to the 90s. Because oh, yeah. I feel like between that time, toys evolved quite a bit. Yeah. But anyway. Here's why it's great. Thanks yep, for listening. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to see that commercial, which was fun. And if you're watching Star Wars, or if you are, it's 1978, you sat down, you and your family are around this television, it's Christmas time, and you want to watch this special, it starts out with a bang. It starts with Han and Chewie flying through space, getting chased by stock footage from the first movie, uh, Star Destroyer <laughs> shooting yep. at them, and 
it starts out and it does look obviously cheaper than the feature film, but it's still Harrison Ford yeah. and Peter Mayhew as those iconic roles. Yeah. And Han says, I'm going to get you, you know, back home for life day. Yeah. And they're being shot at and they, and they go into light speed and everything. And it's like, wow, that was, we, cool. we are in for a cool, awesome, fun ride. Yeah. And I actually was at that point like, oh yeah, me, like me as a child, neither of us were born yet, but me as a child, had I been watching this, I would have really loved that opening. Yeah, like, you I would have been, been like, oh, here we go, here we go. This is going to be amazing. And then more happens. And then I'm pretty sure at that <laughs> point, the announcer comes on and announces everybody who's going to be in it. Like, Art oh, yeah. Connie, Diane Carroll. That's where, as a kid, you're like, who? Who? Yeah, it was a bunch of old white folk, uh, except for Diane Carroll. Uh, Beatrice Arthur. Yes, Beatrice. Um, so we get all that, which sort of already takes me out of it, because Star Wars is just not that. But I yeah. guess in the variety show format, you kind of have to announce everybody that's going to be part of it. Yeah. And uh, as you said, it was more common then, so maybe it was just like, oh, yeah. okay, It's sure. weird now. Yeah, it's weird yeah. to us now. Like, if they did that in a current special, it'd be like, what? <laughs> so we go from that kind of exciting beginning. It's like, oh, shit, we get a Han and Chewie adventure. This is amazing. Yeah. On TV for free. Right. And then we cut to a very like crude matte painting of oh my gosh uh, a tr- giant treehouse on the planet Kashyyyk. They actually never announced that it's Kashyyyk, by the way. They never like right. put a Chiron on the screen or say like this is the Wookiee planet. We just go to a big treehouse and then we cut inside and it's like a cheap like very 1970s looking set. It looks like the Brady Bunch set in a treehouse. Yeah, basically. And we are with Lumpy, Itchy, and Mala, Chewbacca's family. And we, I mean, we, I guess we make the leap because Han says, you know, I'm going to get you back to your family uh, for yeah. life. And they mention life day. Yeah. He doesn't, still doesn't say your family on Kashyyyk though, does he? No, like, They no. still never name the planet. No. I, I just want to <clears throat> not skip over this because you and I have praised matte paintings so many times. We have lamented that matte paintings are no longer, you know, in their original glass form are no longer a part of cinema today but seeing that matte painting i was like ah, eh, that's okay <laughs> yeah. I, we don't need it we need some cg in, in, <laughs> in here please uh so then what what comes after that is basically 15 minutes of just wookies yelling at each other with no context and no idea what the hell's going on i was so confused like i really thought i would be able to figure out what's happening even without you know english and subtitles and stuff i was like oh well i'll get the gist of what's going on but they spend so much time just yelling at each other yeah that i was like what is happening here it's like just a very basic domestic scene where she's trying to get lumpy to do chores yeah mala's just trying to prep for the holiday itchy i guess is kind of a crotchety old man yeah and we're just kind of setting up these characters but without itchy is horrifying looking he has one tooth and he's constantly smacking his gums, and it's just like I, I'm pretty. I, I think I read somewhere that Mala was actually a repurposed Chewbacca outfit where they made some embellishments. I can see that. But these other dudes were whole, the uh, Lumpy and Itchy were wholly new creations, and they are They're very frightening. Very frightening. They are scary as hell. Like their eyes. There's so many shots of Lumpy's the kid, right? Yes. There's so many shots of Lumpy where it's just like the. Uh, it's the sun, right? It's not a... It's the sun. It's the sun. Okay. It was played by a 45-year-old or 42-year-old uh, woman okay. uh, who was a dwarf. <laughs> As I found out halfway through, I was like, I was just curious. I was like, right. who played Lumpy? Uh, because and they are good. Patty Maloney. 
uh, played Lumpy, and yeah, she was 40, 42 be. years old at the time of the release of this special, and I was like, that is odd. Very, very spooky eyes. The eyes were so creepy, and there's, as I said, there's just so many close-ups of the eyes and like the mouth grimacing. It was the thing of nightmares, and the dad, Itchy... Chewbacca's dad. <laughs> Chewbacca's dad, sorry, yes. Chewbacca's dad, Itchy, was also just horrifying he looks yeah. like a he's hairy all version uh yeah he's all gray he has no teeth or one tooth i guess and he's he just looks like a hairy version of the alien creature from alien uh you said resurrection resurrection right? the yeah. fourth one you mean the, the one that gets the sucked out of the oh we've we've had that discussion before yeah. uh, which is that creepy that's a thing. horrifying it's a horrifying version of Alien. He looks like a largemouth, like a hairy largemouth bass or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's really odd Really look. weird. Really unsettling. And there's, yes, like Seb said, a lot of, like, lingering close-ups of all of the Wookiees involved. And it's just... It's just disturbing. It's just real weird. And we get this very protracted scene of them just living life. Yeah. Living so, life. Now, here's what's, what is kind of great about it. Yeah. One, the fact that George Lucas... Uh, high on something was like I want you guys to do a special about Wookiees and that they did it uh-huh. I'm pretty sure in like the, Star- the risk taking yeah, yeah yeah I think it was like very bold and again you're going straight from Han and Chewie which is very exciting to this for 15 minutes <laughs> domestic and it's like wow that just took guts so I think in uh, if I'm not mistaken in the re- the first Star Wars movie whenever Chewbacca spoke if you go back and watch the footage uh-huh. uh, Peter Mayhew was actually saying lines the actual line, whatever Chewie's saying, Peter Mayhew is actually saying like in underneath English? the mask in English. So everybody knows And then they, he's, he's not just going like, rah, rah, he's actually saying like, oh, we should get out of here. Oh. And then Han's like, yeah, we should get out of here, Chewie. But then obviously they overdubbed the, the noise. I'm thinking that they had a full script for this that they just dubbed over Wookiee sound. Just Wookiees Just yelling. like repeating. And also Lumpy makes the same Wookiee sound so many times. This very weird warble. It sounds like a dying balloon or something. Like, it just sounds so annoying. But I want to see the script for this, man. I want to oh, yeah, see, yeah. like, what kind of, like, depth and nuance are we missing out on because yeah. we can't actually understand the lines. Like, it's it's like, I mean, it's like it watching, Shakespeare a, for it's like watching a foreign film. Uh, everything kind of is slightly elevated by that fact. The fact that, like, we don't know what the lines are. These could be the most simple lines ever, but... We're, we're sort of drawn in and entranced by this because we don't know exactly what's going on yeah, here. That's true. It could I, be like, Mom, get me some food. Or it could be like, forsooth, eloquent lady. Exactly. And, and Allow like, me to partake. I, I like to fill in those blanks myself. That's something that is great about this. You can fill in the blanks. I feel like this is my excuse for why a lot of things are great. <laughs> this is also my excuse for why George, this is why George Clooney was great as Batman. <laughs> Is that you can project yourself onto this, uh-huh. but like, I mean, come on, give me a He's break. He's a like, cipher. I, His entire <laughs> yeah. family's a cipher. But but no, just like, just the fact that, yeah, you can put whatever you, whatever like emotional drama that you're going I, through in your own life, you I, can put into yeah. this. You know? I can see that for this one because it is a domestic scene. So it's sort of like whatever your experience was around the holidays is what you can yeah. project onto them. Exactly. I guess, is the like, idea. You know, the holidays are stressful, you know. Yeah. My mom and I have a great relationship, but, you know, what if the stress of the holidays has gotten to me and my mother and things are strained? I can yeah. watch, I can pop in uh, this YouTube clip onto my yeah. onto my computers and watch this and be like, That's you know so what, us. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Mala and Lumpy working out their issues and then I'm going to come to my mom and I'm going to be nicer to her because she's working hard to 
decorate and to cook and to just right. make the perfect life day for me. Right. So, you know what? It's really turning me around wow. and making me feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, that's something great. That, that's great about it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but pretty soon, let's see what, Oh, uh, Mala actually reaches out to one of our, another of our famous star Wars cast members, uh, Luke Skywalker himself. Oh my God. Or at least a, um, or, or a, a woman dressed as yeah. Mark Hamill. He's, he's got, like, legitimately, the way his hair is done and he has so much makeup, I, at first glance, it looks like a, a woman. I truly thought he was a woman. I was like, why did they not get Mark Hamill for this? They got Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. It's like, that's a good look-alike. Yeah. It, he looks like a doll version. He looks a like, doll. A, yeah, that's like a, good, a living yeah. mannequin version of Mark Hamill. Yeah. His, everything is too sh- Everything in the whole special is too shiny. Is the first thing the whole Absolutely. the whole aesthetic of the Star Wars world is that it's lived in, and they forgot about that yeah. for this. Everything is brand new and super shiny, including Mark Hamill's eyes, hair, and skin. He looks amazing. <laughs> he looks delightful. He, he looks incredible. However, he's got like purple eyeshadow for some reason and yeah, like he's eyeliner. Got, he's got eyeliner on. His like eyelashes are just really just popping. Very His silky hair. blonde hair. Beautiful silky blonde hair. Um, Maybe he's born with it. Maybe, Maybe it's Hamill. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. So he, uh, Mala, we don't know what Mala is saying. I guess she's just saying, hey, is Chewbacca there? And he's like, no, Han will get him home. He always does. And it's and Luke is in an X-Wing pilot outfit. Yeah. He's fixing some sort of engine, which leads to some comedy. Uh, yeah. There's, I think that comedy is kind of the entire special. Where it's like. Kind of. I think yeah. that. Like, there were a lot of moments where I was like. Oh, I guess that was the bit. Was it was taking a long time? There was a lot of things where, like, after the fact, I realized what they were going for with the comedic moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing Mark Hamill was really cool. I know as a kid, See, I would have been like, "Oh my gosh, it's Luke and, yeah. and R two D 2 I know it looks weird. Uh, R two, by the way, not played by Kenny Baker in this. Uh, actually, made uh, played by remote control by apparently uh, George Lucas's receptionist, really slash assistant. Uh, that's yeah. a weird fact. Some guy that's offset. He's like, uh, go work the R two D two unit. He's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. Uh, by the way, you gotta call Mitch back. Uh, so, so R two D two has like no personality in this. No. I know that's a silly thing to say because R two D two, but well, that's what makes that character great is that they did have Kenny Baker in there, yeah. giving life to this weird trash can robot. Yeah. Like we kind of forget it because R two D two is such a huge part of our culture now. But, like, had he not nailed that role in the first Star Wars movie, had they not had another human in there giving that robot personality, I don't think we would have, like, R2-D2, like, lunch pails and shit today. I think it would be, he would be kind of forgotten, and C-3PO would be the one we'd all remember. Lifeless on Life Day. Oh, I know. How sad. How sad. And uh, so, yeah. Also weird. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say R2-D2, yeah, just, like, lifelessly, like, randomly moving around and Luke trying to... Work off of that. Yeah. Or ham partner. Yeah. Also weird, everybody's just got webcams that are on all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because Molly calls him. She, like, opens up this this little slab on her entertainment. Very 70s. Entertainment, entertainment Center console. Slab. She opens up a slab, and there's a web, for lack of a better, a webcam. There's a little screen there that goes yeah. straight to Luke. Later, it'll go to Leia, and Luke can see them back. And I'll get into some a gripe I have later that's never explained. But anyway, yeah, so, and Luke finishes his conversation, like, I can better fix this. And we, like, linger on him for two more minutes of him trying to fix this thing and steam blowing in his face. And that just made us assume that he's just got a webcam going on him at all times. Like, yeah. you could watch him sleep, watch him eat, 
Yeah, it was like, I mean, whatever. also this is a galaxy, you know, a long time ago. So this whole webcam culture, like they were way ahead of it. And they were just like, he's like, yeah, uh, it'll be a, it'll be 42 credits to keep watching me do whatever I'm about to do. <laughs> uh, buy me a mini fridge and you can still watch. <clears throat> so once we're done with that, and we actually forgot about a big segment, which is our very first variety segment, which is that Cirque du Soleil thing. Oh my god! After a few minutes of watching Itchy and Lumpy and Mala just wander Ooh, around scratchy. the set and yell at each other. Uh, Lumpy fi- or Itchy finally puts in a little card into what looks like the chessboard, the stop motion animation chessboard from the Millennium Falcon from the movie, which made me excited because I thought that's what was going to happen. But no, 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 no. We get a weird Cirque du Soleil act played uh, out in front of us. Just some jugglers and some acrobatics. And there's no. It was so weird because it it's literally just a Cirque du Soleil act. Yeah, that the it, kid is just watching on hologram, like superimposed with a, sh- a shot of Lumpy in the background, just staring at it with. Creepy ass eyes. eyes. And yeah, so we just watched this thing and it's so off putting. It's so weird. So off putting. It's not, nothing about it brings you in and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm watching Cirque du Soleil. It's all just, everything is done so oddly. Yeah. It makes me not want to look at it. Because he even presses another button and like one of the creatures comes off of the table. And points back down to the table. And it's like, he's like the ringmaster, like, running the show. But now he's more life-sized, more lumpy-sized. And I don't don't know. Is this a thing that is just, like, it's always the same? The idea is that this is just a, like, like watching a TV show or something. Like, it will always be the same outcome? Or is the idea that, like, oh, this is a different act than I've seen before? I think this was, like, a new thing that... Grandpa was showing him because he oh, seemed very. It was like deli- a life day present. Maybe like very delighted by it. Uh, I was. It confused. was. It was odd. Back to Hamill for one second. One thing I did think about this was the way he looked. Maybe it's just specifically because he was also very very tan in this mm-hmm. uh, in the makeup and everything. But he'd been. Bronzed. I don't want to say that. I want Mark Hamill to have had his car crash. Where he had, you know, face facial injuries that eventually really changed the way he looked. Uh-huh. But I don't want to say I'm glad that he had that, but I will say this. Where is this going? <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, looking at him in he the was special, he was too pretty to move on and be this badass Jedi moving forward. Gotcha. I think that, like, looks-wise, gives him the, like, hardened edge, at, like, post-crash. Uh-huh. Uh, in Empire Strikes Back, which obviously they wrote it off as being a uh, you know a Wampa, Wampa attack, so I think that that actually made him look perfect for the role. Whereas he would have looked too boyish and too pretty uh, the way he was. Just looking at him th- this way, I'm more used to honestly. I've watched the Empire the most, so I'm Imp- Empire and Jedi. I've watched A New Hope the least, mm. and so it's a little weird to go back and see young, like pretty like pristine Mark Hamill and then going back. I know when, when I showed my wife for the first time, she had not seen any of the movies before. She could not get over his face in the second movie. Cause wow. we watched them like back to back. I don't even notice it. Honestly, I, I know. Think, and I think it's maybe cause I've watched, I think all it's cause we so grew up times. with it. Yeah. yeah we, I don't even notice it at all. Yeah. We, I, like I said, we grew up with it. That's just what we're used to. But Lindsay was like, Oh my God, his face. Like, wow. she immediately, like, yeah. immediately, and I was That's like, so oh, yeah, and I paused it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this was years ago, but paused it, and I was like, yeah, 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 he had a car accident between movies, and wow. they didn't even know if he was going to do it, and, you know, he recovered, yada, yada, 
And that's why, and then, you know, when the Wampa attack happened, I was like, that's why they did that, to, you know, justify his face looking completely different. Yeah. Anyway, she couldn't get over it, so we, like, <laughs> did not finish Jedi for a long time, because she was so freaked out by his face, <laughs> how much it had changed. But to that's me, so I'm weird. like, thank goodness that happened, because he looked the way he looked in those yeah. second and third movies, which made him look hardened and tough, and, like, yeah. I believe him as a badass, so... Maybe he would have felt that way with the better, like, lighting and, like, the the cinematography being better. This was just, like, super, like, blown-out cinematography. Yeah, variety His show, eyes look beautiful, yeah. though, I will say that. They looked stunning. Oh, man. I'm I was, not even joking. No, they, I know. Looked... I was... I was took my breath away. So, at the end of our first... Oh, God, man, we have so much stuff to cover. It's, <laughs> it's impossible. So, Art Carney is the one, like, character that actually recurs throughout the whole thing. Mala turns on yet another screen... She's, they've got screens all in this house. They are all just way too addicted to screens. They, they need far less screen time. Yeah, this is true. She goes to some screen, and it connects to Art Carney, who is in a shop. And there's a... Uh, and Comedy ensues? Comedy, question mark, ensues. And it's sort of like... It's weird, because like with the Hamill one, with uh, Luke, it was sort of like two shots. Either like a really close-up shot or the standard like wide shot. Which is believable if they had a camera, you would have it there. Like for the webcam yeah, effect. Yeah, for the webcam yeah. effect. So, but this one, it's like she switches to the webcam, but it's got like dolly shots and like everything's moving and it's like choreographed. Took me right out of it. Yeah, yeah so I was like, oh, that's no webcam I know about. Uh, but yeah, it's Art Carney. He's a trader there who, as far as I know, his name is Fondant. I don't know what his actual name is. They call him what sounds like fondant, so he's like a sugary he's... paste to cover a, a wedding cake. He looks terrific. <laughs> he looks delicious. But he's not, but he's not del- super tasty. He's not very tasty. He's not as tasty as, you, as he looks. But uh, he's, yeah, this trader, and he's trying, and you have a very uh, mustachioed imperial officer tooling around in his, in his store. And all these For sets also are crazy cheap. They are like the tiniest sets, with the exception of the, the cantina later and uh their house like his shop is like clearly they only built two walls yeah and it was dinky and yeah this mustachio guy who i think they like dubbed his voice because his voice was way cool uh but he looked like he did not like the voice didn't match him and they never he only only ever said like a line at a time yeah and i feel like his mouth was always off camera when he spoke so it was like uh clearly something's going on here uh maybe they had another david prowse situation where they had to like dub the lines. Like maybe ever... they didn't even know. Maybe the maybe uh, what's his name? The comedian was just like improvising, and that guy was just standing. Oh, there. Art Carney was, and yeah. The guy, like... And they were just like, we'll add lines. Yeah, later. he was like a featured extra, and yeah, wasn't paid to. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't want to pay him for the lines. Um, have you ever watched? The... I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has enough interest in Star Wars to know this. But have you ever list, list like watched the footage, the original footage of David Prowse doing, or not David? Yeah, David Prowse uh, doing. The lines uh, in his like Scottish, like high pitched Scottish yes. accent. Yes. Oh man, so wonderful. <laughs> Some of my favorite stuff. Like Darth Vader's great. James Earl Jones beyond amazing. David Prowse's Darth Vader even better. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Uh, so basically, speaking of Darth Vader, yes, that's our first act break. Is uh, it cuts to some reused footage again? So from horribly dubbed. It was just so... horribly dubbed footage from uh, from uh, Star Wars of them walking down the hall, and it's very awkward. So awkward. Uh, the Imperial officer who's talking to him, uh, they just dub over his voice, and then James Earl Jones. <laughs> don't they don't even bother matching up the flaps or no. matching up his mouth? They're no. just like. Just say something. Yeah, and it's like the image is like kind of blown up because obviously they were going from like a wide angle to the square television format, the 4x3 format. Yeah. And so it's blown up, so everything looks like really grainy and shitty. 
And uh, this kind of goes for all of the reuse footage, yes. of which there's a lot. There's a lot of, of re- reuse footage from the first. Basically, any visual effects shot, with the exception of the matte painting of the the Chewbacca home, and with exception of uh, Jefferson Starship, which comes later. Oh man, I can't <laughs> wait to get to that. But uh, so I, yeah, I so we finally get out. like oh, basically Darth Vader's like uh, find the rebels. Yeah, which is all all we ever get from Darth Vader at this point, anyway. Here's the danger: find yeah. the rebels, which is which is. I guess the conflict for the family is the hand-wringing of, oh, I hope that Chewbacca gets here in time. But the other sort of obstacle is, yeah, the Empire looking for Chewbacca and looking for the rebels. Any any ties to rebels, yeah. really. And kind of closing in on them. And yeah. they know that Kashyyyk is where rebel a lot of rebel activity is happening. Oh, I forgot to mention, Art Carney, when in his scene, is very, very obvious. He's helping Mala, and he's saying, like, you know, he knows that Chewbacca is coming yeah. home, and he's like, I hope that giant carpet is coming home. It'll get home. Uh, lady three planets over made it, you know, by solo. hand, by hand, solo. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man. How obvious can you get, Art? Uh, <laughs> the Empire is very dumb. Yeah. And also, they went from speaking no English to speaking code. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So after that, uh, and after that scene with Art Carney, he like we spend another. It's sort of like Luke, where it's like Mala's conversation is done, but we stick with them for a couple minutes. We stick with them for another three or four minutes of him trying to sell a comb to the imperial officer, and he eventually takes it. And it's like, what? It's like, oh, good, glad we spent that time. Yeah, thanks for that. Watching you sell this guy a comb. So we come back and we get another. Is that what he was looking for? By like, what was that guy doing in there? He was he was just doing some last minute shopping of his own. Yeah, life day shopping, bro. He was just like, I gotta find something in the like two to four credit range. Yeah. What do you got? I need something for my uncle. Like he likes golf. He's like, oh, I got just the thing. I got a mustache <laughs> twirler. Uh, so we come back and Mala is making life day meal, oh my and we gosh. get a, and we get yet another like variety segment. We yeah. get okay, Harvey Corman. A YouTube tutorial. Yeah, we get Harvey which actually she has like a giant flat screen TV in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, which is very I was like, wow, that looks very that's like very prescient. Like very like I don't know, it just looks like something you could buy at Best Buy today. I'm glad basically. you pointed it out. I'm so used to seeing flat screens now, it didn't even phase me. But when you said that I was like, Oh yeah, huh, Yeah, like nineteen seventy eight. It's crazy. Yeah. It looks like one that you would have probably bought like ten years ago. It's a little out of date, but you yeah. Know. Uh, so she pulls on, and it's Harvey Corman, who I was like a voice actor, and I had to look him up. Uh, oh, yeah, I recognized he, him. Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay, uh, he's a voice actor uh, a lot of the time, and uh, just was a comedian. Yeah. Did a lot of like sketch show, like the Carol Burnett show and stuff. And he's got three separate roles on the special. I think that they, uh, as always, my theory is that they ran out. Uh, they were short on time. And they're like, somebody get Harvey. We need some sort of sketch. He's funny. Ish. And he's in like blackface. I think it might silver, be silver face. Silver face. Anyway, I it couldn't was, tell it the was quality. A, it was bad. a little iffy. Uh, and he's doing like his best like alien Julia Child yeah. impression. Yep. And 100%. it's entertaining. He's teaching. I was like, what did, what did they do? What was their goal here? Like they were like, you know what is great? This guy does a lot of sketch, a lot of variety show stuff. We'll bring him in. We won't write something for him. We'll just let him just go for yeah. it, Robin Williams style. But it's like oh, man, his comedy was all me too. His comedy was all like grandpa comedy. It was all stuff that was like, yeah, your grandparents probably watched a little bit of it and were like, yeah, this guy's so funny. That's probably exactly what they were going for, actually, because, like, this is a special. This is back when there were four channels 
on the air. Yeah. And they had to go, you know, the comedy four had quadrant. to be like, yeah, four quadrant comedy, man. From It's got to entertain from eight to 80. Like, you got to hit everybody. So that was what this was They hit 80 to be. for sure. <laughs> they hit 80, but good. And so it's Hammony, and, and like the joke is like he's working on stuff and he's doing it, and it's like, oh, it's already too much with two hands. And then all of a sudden a third hand comes in and starts doing a third thing, and then a fourth hand comes in. It's like, yeah. oh, he's an alien with four hands. Hilarious. There's no way anybody could do this. And the one funny thing, it's one of the more, the only thing that made me chuckle the entire time is he's like doing this, like he's mushing, he's like, his instructions are like, and then you, 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 you bash it and you, whip it and you you spin it and blah 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 and he's like doing this and he's doing it like repeatedly and like his wig he's got this like kind of um a wig that looks like the wicked stepmother from cinderella Cinderella, like this kind of poofy thing and like half of it comes undone so it's like all hanging in his face and like flying around that actually made me chuckle (laughs) that was so dumb it was it was was so so dumb but that kind of shit makes me um i'm an easy i was also like hey you need to get a hair night on because you're gonna get hair in that stew. Oh, he's, oh, well, we're not. We're talking about Wookies here. We're not worried about hair. Yeah, they have food. hair in every. It's food gonna be hair and everything. everything. But it's like, yeah, at least I got a chuckle out of that. It was another like three minute gag where it's like, why, why? I chuckled when she turned it off when she was like, no, I'm not watching <laughs> yeah. this. And then she just put her pot of of whatever bantha stew to the side <laughs> and was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna order <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> um, we get some. Oh, then we cut back to more uh, reused footage attacking Han and Chewie. Yeah, I just thought it was really great. I know you pointed out before that seeing Han Solo and Chewbacca together was really cool. I know I would have loved that as a kid, but also just seeing Harrison Ford act, like really be Han Solo. I think I was expecting him to just phone it in, you know, to not really be engaged, but to see him actually being Han Solo was awesome. He was in it to win it, man. And that, like, if if nothing else about this entertains you, that is great about this because we get so little of that from Harrison Ford today. That <laughs> I think it's, that's what was influencing It's just you. great to see, like, a light in his eyes. Yeah. He cared. And he is the only one that actually felt like the character. Uh, like, yeah. Hamill didn't really feel like Luke. Oh, God, Carrie Fisher certainly doesn't feel like Leia. <laughs> uh, so it was really cool to see him and Chewie doing yeah. their thing. They feel, re- like, right. Yeah. And that is truly great about this. So... They have uh, that relationship that we know from the show. I, I, yeah, I loved everything about Han and Chewie. Yeah, I, I think that, that all really works. And, you know, that's when they reuse some John Williams music or do, like, a version of John Williams music. So it just feels like a Star Wars special. They're out in space. We're not yeah. in some weird, like... 70s like, Brady Bunch treehouse. Yeah, Swiss Family Robinson Brady Bunch mashup. Uh, and it's really... That, that all is really cool. Um, but sadly, those are very short. Few and far between. Uh, yeah, so basically we got Chewie and Han... Uh, using uh, remote guns, even though he had to be in a seat to do it last time in oh, the movie. In the Falcon Falcon? In the Falcon, where he's like, oh, the remote guns, and they're they're getting through a, a blockade, like an Empire blockade, yeah. and it's all pretty cool. And it's just, again, it's reused footage, but... Still fun. But it's still Especially fun. Especially as a kid. Yeah, exactly. And I think that part was pretty cool. Uh, we go back to uh, Kashyyyk, and Art Carney shows up to the house. With like a with a proton pack, he says, and a mind eva- He talks about a mind evaporator. A mind evaporator. Yeah, I was like, man, that sounds just really horrible. I mean, I guess that's or what he like something from Men in Black. Yeah, right. Or that's what he gives Lumpy Man, or not Lumpy, but Itchy. He sit Itchy sits down in the he seat. He sits him in the proton pack. He's like he, he hooks up the proton. Oh, here pack. he's like here is a proton pack. I think the proton pack may have been the power source. Oh, that was the power source. Gotcha. And then he puts another chip in this mind evaporator. It's just another you're right, screen, you're right, man. You're right. It's just another effing screen. No, you know what is so freaking weird though about that part? Okay, it was like THX eleven thirty eight. Like, and I don't know how recently you've seen that movie or what you Not remember about the beginning. At all. Robert, du- you haven't seen the movie. 
Never. Oh, Not wow. Never you got to watch it. We'll watch okay. it sometime. Maybe we'll do an episode about it. But in the beginning, spoiler alert, Robert Duvall sits in this machine, and it's basically like virtual reality, and it is like a sexual thing. Like oh. I think there's actually a thing that's like a fleshlight that comes down, and he's just masturbating in the beginning of the Jerking movie. It. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Through In the machine that looks almost, to my memory, it looks very much like what itchy sits in that's why i was like oh my god where is this going and um carney is that his name uh art carney yeah art carney, he's he's being very like you're gonna love this oh this is gonna be a good time so already he's setting it up like it is something sexual he sits in the same thx 1138 machine and it, it's remember everybody this is the old gray alien looking yeah creature horrifying smacking his toothless gums and his horrifying eyes and he looks just like the dirtiest old man about to have the best time and of he's his just life. like doing this on the slide in the living in room. the living room in the middle, like with the kids right over there, right there watching the little video on it. It's life day. It's life day, man. Don't like wait for like not life day at least. Yeah. Like, good God, Art Carney, what have you done, man? I know you're an ally to the rebellion, but good lord, like given this old man pornography, it really uh, made right me uncomfortable. In, yeah, it was pretty weird. So he, yeah, he flips down the little visor, and Lumpy goes into, uh, or sorry, Itchy goes into. His dream, he creates his, his dream woman, yeah. woman in front of him, which is Diane Carroll, and uh, I guess a actress model of the time slash singer, I guess. Oh, which I thought was an interesting choice. He he does not choose another Wookiee. To, yeah, he, to, he, to he, about. you know, it's progressive. Yeah, sure. And but, she's wearing like a crystalline outfit, and like it's covering all of her head, like uh-huh. the top of her head, and it's very like. I don't know, like very ethereal, ethereal, psychedelic. Um, but what was weird? Oh, too, very psychedelic. Is she's like being created like he she even says like i exist for you i am your ultimate fantasy you are giving me i don't know not she doesn't say you're giving me life but you know something where like you are creating what i will be experience me i'm yours i'm your and it was just this really weird it was really weird i mean everything about this story makes us feel uncomfortable basically pretty much this whole section i was like Oh gosh. This, this session's extra weird. And like it goes on for several minutes before she starts singing. Cause I even said to you while we were watching, I was like, don't they normally like sing or yeah. do something? She just on talks these to him for like she a just, minute like, and a half. Just talks to minutes. him and like lays on a an invisible bed and stuff. And eventually she starts singing. And the song is about making a moment last forever. And boy howdy. They did. It worked. <laughs> she that segment felt like it went on forever. That was the point where I pulled out my laptop and started doing research about other things. Like that's when I found out that's that when I did my that's, taxes. Yeah, that's a oh speaking of taxes, we'll have oh, a uh, but uh there yeah, this is the point where I was like, Oh wow, um, you know, Lumpy was made was played by a forty two year old woman. Like that's yeah. that's the section where I was like, I just can't sit through the song. It was so boring. Yeah. The other time was later. There's another song that B. Arthur sings. It's just like so fucking boring. Yeah. And this is even worse because at least B. Arthur had like all the different aliens and stuff from the cantina with her. This is just Diane Carroll. Sister. Which I don't even know who that is really. Maybe yeah. I should have done a little bit more research into her, but besides a model actress from the late seventies, but it's just her and like some weird like kaleidoscopic effect. Yeah, um, I tried to think like, oh, maybe this is like, and, and it happens again later with other sort of like musical guests and stuff. Where yeah. I'm like, I was trying to find like modern day comps for those people. I'm like, oh, would I be excited to see? It would be like Madonna Cardi. It would be Cardi B today. Yeah, today Cardi, Cardi, Cardi B would. Cardi B. Yeah, like Itchy would be jacking it to Cardi B. 
She'd be sure. singing or rapping? I don't know if she sings or raps, actually. I'm She raps. Raps. She would be rapping for Itchy about how she is she wants to make I this moment last forever. Okay. Well, I'm the worst. I'm not that I'm not on that Cardi B tip, as the kids would say. So once again, showing how old and out of touch I am. So after the after Well the, speaking of old and uh touching. Of, oh boy, what are we talking about? Uh, that that whole moment was just weird yeah. i was happy when it was over not so much you know it wasn't about her singing or about whatever yet we don't really we're not familiar with her so i think yeah. there's a disconnect there but it was also just like i want this old man to be done yeah i was doing just this in the living room yeah because it would occasionally cut back to itchy in the chair like kind of like laughing and making like orgasmic sounds and stuff and it was like and he's like tapping we... the the like arm and yeah stuff. And he eventually just... breaks it i think he like he's tapping it so hard that that's why it stops and he's like oh boy but that's what his <laughs> that's what his lines probably were uh and it's weird and yeah the song was not like exciting so no. we were kind of happy when that was over and after that they get another webcam call who from this time but oh is it the leia one? yeah but yeah. princess leia or at least they connect with her and it shows her and c-3po sitting in an office and she is literally working on like an old ass like 1970s adding machine what it looks like <laughs> and i'm like is princess she's leia running a tape it's like she's doing her taxes what is going on here she's like checking like note cards and like typing numbers into a she's machine like, c-3po you can't expense this you can't, <laughs> what are you we're gonna get audited and my god carrie fisher is so drunk she can I mean, like she unless I'm like, projecting, she was like wobbling. To she her was feet. stumbling around the scene and like slurring her words. That was great. That I mean, actually was not, pretty great. Not great for like Carrie Fisher and her, you know, substance abuse problems. But man, that was hilarious. And like to just see like zero like cognizance in her eyes. I think what's what's great about it is you wouldn't have known what was going on at that time, but now with hindsight, it's like, oh, that's when that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always interesting to be able to like look back at a thing and be like, oh, I know what's It's like, going. oh, wishful drinking is going to come from this. Uh, but no, it's like, I know that, again, it's terrible to laugh at somebody's substance abuse problems, but, you know, what's done is done. And, and I just thought, like, oh, wow, you could just really... I mean, watching anybody just being drunk in a serious, otherwise earnest and serious thing is kind of funny. Yeah. And I thought it was very odd, and I can't believe that they just let her get away with that, and they didn't, like, take a couple hours to let her sober up and then uh, and then put the camera on her. But she just went through the motions hey, man, and it's life day. stumbled around. And, yeah, I guess, you know what? She's having, a, she's having a celebration herself. And I don't – I couldn't – I'm assuming that Life Day is a Wookiee-only celebration. It is because they say later, this is your holiday – but thank you for letting us be a part of it. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So uh, we get, yeah, her and I think Art Carney at this point probably happy to speak English to another person, even oh, though God. obviously they were through screens, so they weren't on set together. But he finally gets Although a Although maybe they were. Who he knows how they shot this thing? He got a scene partner finally, but man. And that's that's the point when I think some uh, some troops finally show up to, to break up the party. Oh yeah, at the actual residence. Yeah, yeah, because she's on the she's they, she, he only talks to her for like a minute, and then yeah, I think that's when the troops show up and the best acting ever ensues. Oh man, this all right. So it's two stormtroopers, one like one imperial trooper that looks like dark helmet. He's got yes. the really wide black helmet. Yes, uh, and then one guy who is like their commander. Yeah, who is the worst actor I've the ever seen. Role of a lifetime. My. God, I actually can't figure out who he is. I'm looking at the cast list, and there's like several people just listed as Imperial Officer. There's Claude Woolman. 
There is Lev Mailer and Michael Potter. And there's also Jack Ryder. Which one do we think it is? I'm going to go with I Claude. Like, I want to call him Claude. Claude's probably a good name. He's the last I like, one. Uh, I like to think that his name was Claude, and he changed it to Jack Ryder just for this show. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I'm Jack Ryder. I'm a young, hip actor. But he was like I'm going to be a star. <laughs> yeah. He, I would love to see uh, James Lipton interview him on Inside the Actor's oh, Studio. Oh, shit. That would be... Is that show still on? Your role was amazing. <laughs> that... Oh my god! I, I said to Seb, he went for oh, it, dude. Like I he, said to Seb, did he stand in front of the mirror and do every single line like sixteen different ways? Like, have you ever seen the comeback? Yes. Um, do you remember the scene in the first episode? Probably my favorite scene in the entire show, where she's saying she has the line, "I don't need to see that," and she's doing it <laughs> five hundred different ways. Like, yeah. I don't need to see that. I don't. I don't need to see that. Yeah. And she's doing it over and over again. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. I'm imagining him doing that. But for, you know, like, these Wookiees are hiding something. <laughs> these Wookiees are hiding something. He makes bold choices. Every choice is so big. Like, so big. And he shows you what his choices are without reservation. <laughs> um, but I love that his choices, too, like, there's such dramatic tone shifts within the scene. Like, he goes from zero to 60 on from line to line. And... I gotta say, I love it. I'm not I saying it's a good great. choice. But I think he's great. I was the most invested as I've okay. been watching this dude do his thing. Here we go. You as an actor probably had a different perspective of that because you're like, oh, I can kind of like see into the process there. Uh-huh. Let's look into this guy's process a little bit. He's working with uh, one, two, three, four, six other actors, uh-huh. two stormtroopers, dark helmet, and the three Wookies. None of which speak English uh-huh. besides him. So he does have scene partners. He does have people to act off of. But he realizes that the like emotional core of the scene is him. Yeah, he's like, I'm he carrying this scene. He is the one carrying the scene. Yeah. He is the one steering the ship. And he needs. we need a strong-handed captain to do it. Yeah. And he is the imperial officer. So obviously he's got to be commanding. Yeah. And by God, he is. He is acting... In all caps. Yeah. The entire time. He's doing Shakespeare. Everybody else is like, we're just trying to get through this variety show. Yeah. Can we just just move on, Claude? And he's like, no, there's a transition here. Watch what I do. I'm going to try something. I'm going to try something. You guys let me know. (laughs) Actually, don't tell me if it works or not. I'm just going to try it. Actually, I totally forgot Art Carney's in the scene. So we did have one other actor. And they have several scenes together where Art Carney is way overacting, and also this guy is way Jack Ryder slash. But Claude. this dude is serious. Like, like I feel like, and Art Carney's like <laughs> kind of like tongue in cheek with literally yeah. everything he does, and he's just trying. And stuff. he's also probably drunk. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. And he shot this in like half a day. Yeah, he was like, guys, it really, I really need to get home. Yeah, I, you've got me for half a day. And this is probably throw like, it at me. Just probably shot in lines. like Burbank, but he got them. He made the production get him a hotel like in <laughs> Studio City, even though he lived in Sherman Oaks. Just so like he just did it for the like the hotel room for the night. Like, right. like this is had his grandchildren over to yeah. set. He's like, look at these, look at these muppets, look at these dumb, yeah, look at these dumb animals, these walking carpets, and but that dude, I want to go back to that dude. Because oh yeah, yeah. He really Sorry, we can't the, forget about Claude. He really was the most entertaining part of this whole thing for me because I could see his choices, and it's not that they were bad choices. It's that like 
you maybe didn't even need to make that strong of a yeah. choice there. Like, just say it. But he was, like, relishing every yeah. line. And, and not in, like, a general uh, Graham Moff Tarkin way or anything, you know? Like, not in no. a way where it's, like, you're the, like, snide bad guy and you're, like, loving everything and you're, like, just oozing evil. No, no. he's just, like, acting! Yeah, he as an actor was relishing every moment of it. But, yeah, it was, like, I... I I loved it. I loved it because it was so clunky, but it was so clearly it was so clear that he really was trying to do something there. And I don't know. I just really thought it was it was enjoyable to watch, even when it didn't work. Yeah. Or when it was like, oh, that was really bad. I I at least thought like, dude's trying. And yeah, uh, he won for something. And it's uh it's fun to watch. So thank you, sir. Thank if, you, sir. If you're out there, listen. in a in a special that doesn't have like a lot of firm choices being made. Yeah. Other than we're doing Wookiees. Yeah. And then this guy's performance, very strong choices. Uh, pretty soon, Art Carney, I guess, is just trying to, like, we go through a bunch of uh, hoopla about him and his identification. And again, I don't think a line of dialogue was actually written for Art Carney. I think he just did it all off the, t- off the top of his noggin. Yeah, he's and like, this will be funny. They're like, uh, hey, Art, try to distract these guys. So he goes and sets up. He had given everybody Earth Day, or sorry, Life Day gifts. And the gift he gave Mala was, guess what? Yet another screen. So we're up to one, two, three, like six screens in the house, it's a including if we're include. And this More is like that, probably, this is like 500 square feet, maybe, probably not even that. And we're including the full-on virtual reality rig that uh, that Itchy lays in. So he goes over to the thing, and and it takes forever to set it up, and. He plays and that the, was the joke. I didn't realize. I was just like, "What's? Why is this taking so long?" But then I realized, like, "Oh, I that's the joke. Is it taking from, so long?" I think that's long. the thing from the honeymooners. Like, would you get on with it already or something? I feel like I know oh, that from like, that back. yeah, because I used to watch Nick, uh, Nick at Night all the time, and I'm pretty sure like I mostly was there for Get Smart and Dick Van Dyke uh-huh. show. But uh, I know I watched some honeymooners, and I feel like that was like a catchphrase. I was like, Art Carney's like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> Uh, possibly. I, w- I, I wish, could be wrong. I wish they had cast Urkel and he said, Deny any oh, man. How, how old was Jaleel White? He wasn't when, born yet, I don't he was, think. Uh, he might have been more. He might have been like one or two. He could have got. They could have gotten him for a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of a song, they he boots up this, the screen and what comes on but the rockin' stylings of Jefferson muffucking Starship. <laughs> and some awesome special effects. Great special effects. Just really neon. Good. I love the way this looks. Uh, by the way, this is directed this glowing, by this glowing microphone dildo. This is directed by a guy named Steve Binder. I couldn't really. I'm sure I could probably if I looked a little bit harder, but I didn't really see anything else of note that he did. Okay, but um, went just out kinda, on top like just, you always. Yeah, say, man. Re- retire as champion. Retire as champion. Um, so, but there was another director that I think was a, hand, a friend of George Lucas's that was part of like the Zotrope. Uh-huh. Guys, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, it was Coppola. But no, this guy, I, I don't have his name in front of me, but he came in and started to do it, but had such a difficult time trying to adjust to the TV style because I think he had more of a, I don't know, a real filmmaker's style. Uh-huh. So he shot this, the Jefferson Starship scene, and then B. Arthur's scene singing. Okay. So later, so and then he basically either got fired or quit because he couldn't figure out like the multi because this is all shot multicam style apparently. Yeah. Does it? Does it? I'm asking like they can answer. Does everybody know what multicam style means? Uh, multicam style meaning multiple cameras filming at the same time, like your typical sitcom, like in yeah. front of a studio audience, like Family Matters. Yeah, exactly. Or 
Wait, is that the Urkel show? Yeah. Why didn't they just call it Urkel show? I guess because it wasn't it's about him. It didn't start as about him. I know, but I, it's like I always forget that that's the name of that show. I watched that show, that in Full House. That was like my your afternoon. TGIF. Yeah, that was. Well, oh. no, that was my after. They were all syndicated at this point. Uh. But it was that, and I would watch Batman the Animated Series at like three. Yes. I think there was like one other cartoon, that, maybe the X Men show. After that, that may have been a Saturday morning, but eventually they would get they to did Full Superman House. Superman eventually. But. Yeah, they would, and Spider Man too. But they would eventually have Full House and um, Family Matters, and I loved those shows. But yeah, for some reason, I can never like stick the name Family Matters in my head. But I wasn't a big TV watcher, so so basically all '80s sitcoms sound the same to me. And but, are mainly multicams. Yes, there are multicams. Uh, that's how this was shot. But uh, this Jefferson Starship, pretty not a great song. No. I will say, not a great song. It's mostly sung in falsetto. Can't even understand what he's saying. You can't stand. You can't understand a goddamn thing this guy's saying. But I gotta give it to him. The music in it, it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I love the what they're wearing. Like their their guitarist who looks directly out of uh, Spinal Tap is wearing like leather pants, <laughs> yeah. no shirt. He has super long black hair and a big like yeah, like man. Wilford Brimley mustache. He looks awesome. Their like bass player, diabetes. I think, looks exactly like John Denver. Down to the glasses. Like, the weird, like, split in the middle, like, yeah. kind of bobbish looking blonde cut. Yeah. I was like, is that John Denver? And then it was not John Denver. Uh. Um, they've got, like, these space age, like, special effects going on. Um, the, the singer... When they, play the, when they play the instruments, like, instead of sound waves coming out, it's sort of like... It's a special effect that they like, do where it's, like, almost like a... Laser, thing. it's not lasers. No, they look like like, la- like laser shockwaves. Yeah, shockwaves is I think what I was. And uh, it kind of reminded me of I know I've mentioned this before the video for the touch from Stan Bush from the Transformers movie. Please see um, episode e- episode whatever that is three, three whatever, episode three I believe. But yeah, he, where he had like lasers and shit coming out of his. It was just him yes. playing his guitar and lasers coming out of it. Same kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, but also like the drums had lasers and like the singer had lasers coming out of him. Uh, he's definitely has like a lightsaber dildo, yes. a hot pink lightsaber dildo that he's singing out of. I'm pretty sure he's saying live, so I'm gonna give it to him for oh. singing live. That's a difficult song to sing. It's almost like I said, all falsetto. Yeah. So kind of a difficult song, but it sounded kind of like shit because <laughs> I think you, you you couldn't understand a word he was saying. I think it's something about setting the night on fire. Something about the stars in the sky. I, I heard, <laughs> right. definitely heard something about stars. The only thing I made out was set the night on fire. So, But it was pretty good. We, we cut back to the Imperial guy, the dark helmet, you know, tapping his finger to it. Not on time with the music, of course, because they <laughs> obviously shot them separately. So he had no idea what the tempo of the music was. But uh, Or maybe he just has bad rhythm. Not uh, Maybe, maybe. Not a great song. Killer guitar solo, though. Yes, I remember you were... You were uh... Very excited. About I mean, as we've established on the show, I'm a I'm a metal fan, and it's not really a metal kind of guitar solo, but man, some I loved wicked it. guitar licks. It was some wicked ass licks, and uh, so we finished that little. Piece. And that was like one of the most disconnected things. That was almost as disconnected as the the porn. But that was like a character we don't even know. Yeah. A, an Imperial officer that has one line, which is like, "Would you get on with it already?" Watching a band that's not even that great. And it's like, what? What is this show? Yeah. And that is the thing. That is like, this That's show is like, that is the Rubik's, this is the, like the puzzle, the Rubik's Cube of, of this entire thing is like trying to piece together these disparate pieces and figure out what is It's like this. when you come across a Sphinx 
and they ask you a riddle. The riddle is like, what is the point of the Star Wars holiday special? Yep, and, and a, everybody dies because the, they can't answer. The unanswerable question. The, uh, the, the Imperials then, once they're done, they're like, all right, that's enough of that. Let's go fucking trash Lumpy's room. Yeah, rude. They, also, why does everybody stop whenever somebody wants to watch a screen? Everybody's just like, every, you know what? Let them just watch this screen. Everybody be quiet. Mm-hmm. Everybody just be quiet. They're watching one of the 20 screens in this house. Uh-huh. Very polite. And then they go I'll and give trash that to the little imp- kids' room. Then we're like, all right, you done with that? Let's Now these other two unrelated stormtroopers are going to go trash <laughs> this room and tear up his little bantha. I love. I did love that touch that he had like a bantha doll. Yeah. And we've kind of had a discussion about like, I was like, well, are, why does he have a bantha doll? I know that we, banthas mean something to us as the audience, yeah. but does it mean something to him? But I compare them, like, why does he have this like doll of a beast of burden from a distant, shitty uh, sand planet? But then I call, I was like, not to call Egypt like shitty, but like, you know. That's like camels are to us. Something so it kind of made sense. Like, I know I had camel dolls yeah. uh, growing up, and their camels are kind of awesome. And and so like I said, like, like so Joe Bantha. Camma, Joe Bantha. Joe Bantha. That's the, the cigarettes they smoke. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that what gets the kids market to smoke to kids. the cigarettes. Yeah, and now he's going to have... Little Wookiees. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have little Wookiee vaping in this, because so much other stuff <laughs> is like modern would. technology is yeah. like Wookiee va- vaping. Um, he did have skinny jeans on. So he, after they trash his room for no reason, he goes up and gets the gift that Art Carney bought him, and it's some just another like weird seventies like adding machine box like computer, and he's he puts it back together and then watches an instructional video on it. Our second uh, appearance of what was his name, <laughs> uh, that quote unquote comedian from early Harvey Corman, his second appearance. Oh yes. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, oh, it's man. an instructional video. So yeah, it's like he's watching the instructions, like a YouTube, another YouTube tutorial. Yeah, it, it, like a YouTube tutorial, and it's basically him, Harvey Korn. Yeah, 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 Harvey Korn. Anyway, it's him playing a malfunctioning robot. Which, if you have an instructional video, why would you include this robot fucking up constantly? That's the joke. I guess so, and it's hilarious. It's that one was of a, the jokes. That but was uh, the bigger joke is just him malfunctioning. For like ten minutes, just as pointless as the cooking show that we watched earlier, and it's just—I mean, it's like a grandpa. Like this is gonna be hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna be a robot that keeps not working. Let's just have him like have him on here. Uh, just get Harvey in there and let him rip. And he did, but it was, but the weird thing was, it was not really him doing much of anything. It was editing tricks. Yes. It was either like yeah. clipping the editing to make it look like he was repeating emotion over and over. Like or, Max Headroom or something. Or it was like pitching his voice up and down. Yeah. And it, I said to Seb, it reminded me of when I discovered like, uh, effects in like Premiere Pro yeah. or in Final Cut or something yeah. where it's like, oh wow, here we go. Uh, I 100% had the same response when I was watching it. It reminded me of when I had gotten a special effects generator when I was doing a lot of video editing and I was like, oh, I'm going to use every one of these wipes yeah. and effects mm-hmm. for somebody's like class reunion where they want zero effects. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. And I was you like, got paid for that, right? Yeah, I got paid Amazing. for it. I still feel bad about it. Uh, I used every effect it had, and I'm man. sure they were like, we just wanted to see our photos. Yeah. But it totally reminded me of that, where they was just yeah. like, you know what? Let's just do all these. Oh, yeah. Every single every single trick in the book. Uh, yeah. Everything is precious. Let's not cut any of what he's doing or what we're doing with our effects. Let's do the whole six minutes. It does not drive anything forward. It's not funny. It's not interesting. But by God, we're going to fucking do it. because <laughs> We are committed. We let Phil's kid in the editing room, and he thought it would be fun to do this. Because, um, yeah, like when I discovered, I remember I got a camera. I think I've told stories of how many cameras I destroyed as a kid. But me and my buddies were doing like a James Bond 
riff movie. And we, by accident, my friend Darren, who was filming, I think found there was a button you could hold when you that would made make a scene fade in and fade out. Yeah. And literally every scene started with a fade in and every scene <laughs> ended with a fade out because we were obsessed with how that looked because we'd never done it before. This was exactly that. Every trick in the book used a million times. It was yeah. the voice pitching up and down constantly. It was the fast editing and the repeated motion constantly. And it was not telling any story. No. It was literally an instructional no video. Yeah. And it wasn't instructing on anything because it was just showing this guy malfunctioning. And he was just it was just Harvey making up random words. Like he's like, here's the deflobulator. And this is for the circuitron, and like that—that's all it was for ten minutes, and it was dumb. And then Lumpy like called, like uses this device that somehow I guess Harvey explained to him, and made the uh, made the guys get called away. Yeah, made the stormtroopers all get like called back to the to where the sh- not the ship, but made them leave the house. Yes, because they thought they got orders to leave, dude. Yes. I just realized yes. we skipped literally the best part of the I was whole like, thing. I was like, is this still coming up or did we no, skip it? No, no, no. It? I think we skipped it by accident and I apologize because I think I jumped ahead. We're missing the part where they had to make – like Lumpy was causing a problem. He was like trying to bite one of the Imperial officer's hands or maybe they, it was when they were trying to get into his room. But they're like, shut up and we need you to be quiet. So Mala sits him down and puts him in front of a, yet another screen. <laughs> Uh, the, Just like the, today, the tally shut is, those kids up. Put yeah. them in front of a screen. Put some headphones on him, and he watches. And a he cartoon. literally had like headphones. Yeah, headphones. They, he had they beats by Dre. Yeah, they. Uh, so they had him watch the cartoon. By far the best part of the movie. Oh my gosh! It's a cartoon about which a introduces Boba Fett, which is what this special is most notable for. Yeah, a cartoon version of Boba Fett, but it's a whole. It's an actual story. The, it, it's, it's nothing else about this show. This is why it's great. Yes. This is absolutely 100%. If anybody's like, hey, is here is why it is great. is from this cartoon and from Boba Fett. And just the, the this cartoon told a story. I could follow it. Yeah. I was like, oh, finally. Well, probably because it had the actual dialogue that from multiple characters that yeah. you could understand. Only one character you can understand. That was R2-D2. Well, two, because Chewbacca's in it. Uh, I did say the thing where I was like, so are Luke and all of them so famous from their role in destroying the Death Star that cartoons are made about them now in this world? There like, might be some logic problems in this special. It, yeah, I said, is it like, are we making cartoons of like President Obama and like kids are watching that now? I like we do we hey, have Mr. any? Mr. T's got his own. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I guess that's like Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling back in the eighties. I mean, I guess it would be sort of the same thing where you know they're making cartoons of this guy who's an actual figure, but they're fictionalized adventures. But I guess you're right, because it would be more like, did Norman Schwarzkopf get his own cartoon? Because they're like, they're in the rebellion. It's not like they're... Yeah, there um, you go. I mean, it's not like he's just an entertainment figure. Yeah. These are all real people. And I feel like Lumpy was hiding it, so I think maybe it's like propaganda material distributed amongst amongst the children of people in the rebellion, or yeah. it's something to like, <laughs> you know, juice yeah. people up because it's all about them getting betrayed by the Empire and by yeah. this tricked by Boba Fett. Uh, Boba Fett, who is a notorious bounty hunter, apparently, and I guess they got they called him up and made sure to get life rights for him for this thing. <laughs> There's a lot of legal stuff they had to figure out. Um, but this has all of our favorite characters. It's got Luke. It's got Han, Chewie, Boba Fett introduced in it, C-3PO, Princess Leia. Uh, they have this other random general for the Rebellion that looks exactly like Dr. Robotnik from That's Sonic great. the Hedgehog. Like, same round face and everything. The mustache. Um, yeah. He looked, he was hilarious. But it's like this weird animation style that's very, like, Mobius. I and, love like, it. Heavy metal. 
was what it really reminded me of. I love like that it's, animation. Style. It's like, I, I agree. Yeah, it's it totally like me. rough around the edges. It's not perfect, but man, I love it. It's so detailed. Yeah, and so the, cool and the weird. backgrounds are so detailed. I love how they do. And uh, speaking of like earlier, you talked about there was no life to R two D two. Yeah, in this cartoon, like there's so much life to him. He's a machine, but he's still like bends and twists yeah and... every time he's like speaking quote-unquote and making his noises he's like kind of wobbling yeah in a weird way it's so delightful so good if you watch nothing else watch that cartoon it's and you so can good. you can find it on youtube it's just it by itself like a 15 minute or 10 minute cartoon fantastic and it's just about basically they they are chewy gives them a signal once again han and chewy are separate and they need to go find them that's the whole theme <laughs> of this entire piece but they go find them on this weird like mushy planet and yeah. boba fett like tries to help them at first but then we reveal through a privileged scene that boba fett is working with darth vader we get another voiceover from like two lines from james earl jones and eventually they discover boba fett They're, they call boba fett out for being a liar and boba fett's like all right peace like, and he's just like right, i am by <laughs> and he rockets out of there super cool boba fett's makes a huge impression in a very short amount of time. Totally. Kind of like, I mean, that's how he is in the entire with his, series. With his tuning fork weapon. Yeah, his weird tuning <laughs> fork, and like he's riding a dinosaur, and it's just, he's badass. He's got it's like not the right color scheme. Yeah, he's room. got like an eye printed on his helmet. He's got, he's the wrong outfit, because apparently they made the animation based off of an unpainted version of him yeah. that they, I guess, were developing at the time for the movie. Uh, so it wasn't right, but, man, it was cool. It was so cool. That, so that cool. animation was awesome. I actually want to watch that again. I know. So it cool. was really, really neat. And we got all of our favorite actors doing their voices. Yeah. Like Carrie Fisher sounding, like, actually lucid in the scene. Which also means that, you know, to your point of the Wookiee kid was watching a cartoon of Luke Skywalker, which... It was all their real voices, so they had to find time between fighting the Empire to go in oh, yeah. to a sound booth and do their own dialogue. And, and by the way, his father is part of this cartoon. Yeah. Lumpy's father is in this, like, <laughs> it's just, so weird to me. His dad's a celebrity. So, yeah, so that was awesome. I, I cannot say enough good things about that. I loved that. Yeah. And that, like, Agreed. you know, if you could slice out that one little part, if that was a whole holiday special, it'd be great. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of fun weirdness in this and very 70s-ness, but that was so cool. Cannot recommend it highly enough. But sadly, let's get back to the, the main storyline. There's a – I don't know. I'm a little bit – I know we hopped back and forth for a second there, but the Tatooine television show, like they watch yet about, another. That's what we're about to, about to get to. Basically, once Lumpy is able to call off uh, Officer Overactor <laughs> and they leave behind one stormtrooper who then – they get a, yet another – all you know like uh all, uh, all bulletin yeah. basically uh on the screen the same uh british actor says like uh, you know we're gonna watch life on tatooine this is an unedited clip so it's gonna get raw and it's basically just b arthur and harvey fucking corman showing up again this is like maybe 30 seconds after he just did the instructional video yeah he shows up again as a character where his only real trait is well two traits he's in love with b arthur and he drinks Onto the top of his head for some reason. Like, look, guys, this is going to be hilarious. This is my character. I look normal like a normal human, but... I have, like, I, a volcano head. I drink in my volcano head. And that's it. Huh? Huh? That's the gag. <laughs> also, is this... is Because Life on Tatooine, or whatever it's called, is 
a show. And as you said, they're like, oh, this is an unedited, blah, blah. So is this supposed to be... For being like, unedited, it sure, like, they must have had just, like, 25 cameras and dollies and things. Constantly rolling. So this is, like, reality camera. television. Because when they first were talking about it, I was like, is this going to be, like, a telenovela? Like, is this, like, a soap opera? But then it's like, oh, it's, like, cops. Yeah. But, like, in a bar uh-huh, uh-huh. with a guy who's in love with a, with an old man in love with an old woman. Yeah. Again, I was like, the, the casting director was like, we have one mandate. The actors need to be as old as possible. With the exception of Diane Carroll. Yes, with the exception of Diane Carroll. Who is young and African-American. Everybody is like, let's get the oldest and whitest motherfuckers <laughs> we can find and call it a day. And by God, they did. They succeeded. Success. Yeah, so it's B. Arthur, and we. It's weird because it's like the canteen. It's like a smaller version of that set. Yeah, and we cut smaller, to, cheaper version. Yeah, exactly. We cut to all like basically all the aliens that you see in the actual cantina scene in Star Wars. Only they look shitty <laughs> because they are. There's no good lighting. There's not good cinematography, and it's all the really shitty uh, TV cameras. Yeah, so TV lighting. TV it's cameras. weird, but it's like the exact shots like. You know, the same people whispering into people's ears. There's yeah. the wolf man. There's the devil man. There's the um, the butt face guy who gets his hand cut off. Yeah. Only he has both his hands. Greedo's in there. Yeah. But uh, he plays I, somebody else. Right. He's playing some other character. She names him at one point. But I'm like, yeah. that's not his name. That's great. He has the same vest and everything. The band is all there. Yeah. And I know it's not the Max Rebo band. I always forget the name of the actual Cantina band. But because Max Rebo is the band that plays for Jabba. Who yeah. all meet a grizzly end in his barge when it yeah. blows up, thanks to Boba Fett and Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but no, not that. Yeah, the ones from the actual cantina. They're they're all playing. B. Arthur actually, I will say, has. I think this is a scene that was written because she has some of the smartest dialogue in the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Like the back and forth between her and Volcano Head Drinker Man was actually really smart i thought like it was like they were doing a play i was like oh look at all this witty dialogue back and forth yeah so some decent wordplay and stuff i didn't love it but i was like oh they actually wrote a scene but somebody tried yeah it wasn't like the uh the majority of the wookie stuff where it's just nonsense they're just like do whatever we're rolling but then you know uh eventually harvey corman disappears and Yet another screen pops up, and an imperial says it's time for everyone to go home. A screen within a screen, basically. Yeah, yeah. and oh, it's it happening the, there. Oh, that's right. It's happening there I I, because it, it cuts from the bar. They're all right, so they're watching a show, right? Right. And then it cuts. Then the the guy comes onto the screen, and then it cuts to the to Kashyyyk, and they're watching the same thing happen at the same time. Meaning these things are simultaneous. This tattooing show is a documentary with events happening in real time. It is a live stream. Oh my god, it's amazing. I love like, that. I loved wait. that so much. My brain exploded at that moment. It was incredible. It was like they're wa- we're both. Wa-. It was like you're watching now. Now, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> I loved that. So then uh, she has to tell everyone to go. But these are all just you know, it's a hive of scum and villainy. Yes. Uh, so it's these guys are they're here to drink. They're here to party. They're not ready to go. They ain't leaving. She, she also gives away a lot of drinks because she's like, all right, one more drink. It's on the house. And she's already given Harvey Corman like two drinks on the house. Yeah. And then she's like, for the whole bar, it's on the house. However, I don't know if you heard this or not. When she's walking back behind the bar, she actually does say, I'll put it on the Empire's tab. Oh, I didn't hear that. I was too busy probably saying something shitty about <laughs> probably saying like, yeah, has B. Arthur ever not been old um, <laughs> or wondering if she was still alive or not? Uh, apparently she passed away. <laughs> R.I.P. B. Uh, so, uh, so she, these creatures don't want to leave. Yeah. Which is like, um, also, one guy threatens her one... with a gun. 
the, which is rude. Yeah. But also, you're the only one pouring drinks, so out of eventually, I mean, I guess they do like almost. They basically uh, have a, almost have a mutiny. Yeah. And she's like, all mutiny. right, fine. I'll. They start I'll... pounding their glasses on the table. <clears throat> and an actually good shot, by the way. And th- again, let me remind you, this is the first director who was on it, not Steve right, Binder. Right. But like a shot where it starts on her and then it pulls back. Again, this is supposed to be a, a documentary happening in real time. Right. Pulls back and kind of like goes to a high shot of the whole bar with all of the monsters. Like, uh, I keep calling them monsters. They're aliens. They're not monsters, man. <laughs> but they're all pounding their glasses and she eventually gives in and says, all right, one more round. Uh, she pours everyone around and sings a song. She sings the saddest song. And I, I, I she's like saying, this is... Good night, but, but not, not goodbye. goodbye. And at the very end, one of the patrons, one of the last to leave, she's like, is that a tear in your eye? This is good night. It's not goodbye. And I was like, are they, what is this song about? Why is this it's so not about effing? like, why are they so emotional? I, I know they were all know. drinking, but like this song is, That's is it, this man. song about like breaking up or somebody's dying? Like this is, I can this see that. It's not like it's your like, typical like last call song. No. Maybe they just got... Uh, yeah, super crunk, and everyone gets super emotional. Yeah, they're just like, I, don't I love know. you, man. B-, B. Arthur, though, not a singer. You're a golden girl. Nor is she a dancer. Uh, do you remember the moment where, like, she, like, Greedo gets up, and she's dancing with several oh, yeah. different guys at the bar? Oh, I thought and... you were laughing at Greedo's dancing. You were laughing no, at No, but, like, Greedo, like, uh, as I also said to you during this, like, during Star Wars, the movie, the cinematography and the way it was shot and the lighting really helped conceal a lot of the deficiencies in the costumes. Because it's very famously known that like the cantina scene felt shortchanged because they didn't have enough time and money to make enough creatures, and George yeah. Lucas always hated that. They're just using the same creatures, which were cheaply made. Yeah. So like their hands and stuff. And a probably, mouse. And, oh, there was also a giant mouse, a very detailed giant mouse puppet. That was very reason. creepy, yeah. but I guarantee you it was used in some other production that they were like, oh, let's get the mouse over here. But like a human-sized mouse, yeah. very detailed, way, way outclassing every other puppet <laughs> on the set. <laughs> and we were like, what the fuck is that? Where did that come from? Yeah. How do they have that the, the budget to do to pull that off? It was amazing looking. Um, We got no budget for the rest. We put it all into that mouse. Yeah, it was amazing. It's on screen for two seconds. For two, I know. And I was like, what is that? But I was just saying that, like, the lighting and the cinematography do no favors to these costumes. And at one point, she gets up and she's dancing with a couple of them, and a lot of their hands can't really move. In fact, at one point, there's that (laughs) hammerhead like guy with his eyes up, and she gives him a drink, and she literally has to put the puppet's hand onto the (laughs) glass so that he can find the glass because it couldn't operate otherwise. But she's dancing with Greedo, and his hands are just, his fingers are really long and don't have any structure to them. So I think she starts doing like a jazz hand dance to sort of (laughs) mimic his hands as if he's doing the wobbly thing on purpose. And it just, she looks silly as hell. And I was just like, she is not a singer or a dancer. Aww. Oh, also at this point, they have a, cl- like, they always had cliffhanger uh, act breaks for commercials. Yeah. So it's either like Darth Vader shows up or, uh, you know, like stormtroopers are there or something. They just stop it in the middle. She's like, all right, play me a song. And it stops for a commercial break and comes back and she starts singing. It's like, wow, they just quit caring at some point. No, all the kids were like, oh my god, what song is she going to sing? Oh god, I can't wait to see what I can't B. go Arthur. to bed yet, mom. I need to watch B. Arthur. Yeah, and Golden Girls hadn't happened yet, so I mean, I don't know how famous she... Obviously famous Mod? enough to show up. I guess so, yeah. I guess I'm not good with the with the with what people have done, apparently. <laughs> but she sings... We watch this entire thing. I don't even remember how it ends, to be quite honest with you. Elite or, I think yeah. it's just like she ends her song and then it cuts back and the stormtrooper's like, well, that was a good time. Like, <laughs> Or he doesn't say anything, actually. But finally, finally, 
Han and Chewie show up. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh Thank yeah, and he Christ. He, he yeah, Chewie shows up. And then I think the And I didn't even realize like, it was Chewie until like a couple of seconds after like they're outside. Oh yeah, that's right. Isn't um uh Lumpy goes outside and he's like balancing or something or is that earlier? No, I that's forget. the very oh, beginning sorry. where he's balancing on the edge of the Yeah, and he like looks, looks over and we have another cheap matte painting of the yeah. forest like That's the very far... beginning. Okay, sorry. Well, I forget how they end up outside, but the stormtrooper goes outside and Chewie shows up and again I didn't realize it was him. I thought it was Mala until I saw his his signature strap and his crossbow. crossbow yeah. I feel like he maybe comes in, and then the soldier is, like, pushing him out. Maybe. And that's when Han comes. Han comes in. They have a scuffle. Well, he, like, yeah, they have a scuffle. He knocks the... Is it the... The, the gun the falls gun to the ground. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Chewie's having a scuffle with him. Then Han shows up. The gun falls to the ground. Han, I don't even know if he punches him, or the guy just, like, Pratt falls through the I railing. He, they both look at the gun, and then I think the guy, like thinks they're both going to go for it, so he lunges for it and just Falls. tumbles over the railing. and Goes through the very cheap railing, by the way. That railing did, just gave very easily. It and, was like already scored. He yeah. just went straight up. They were like planned it. Like, yeah. Like, Chewie, I'm going to get him to go for the gun that's definitely going to fall. Right. And then he'll just fall off of the thing yeah. with the pre-scored A Loki-esque railing. plan where a lot of stuff has to happen very specifically <laughs> for this plan to work. But, but, hey, but, but it works. But, but... Here's why that moment is great. Oh, it's great. John, take it away. Because oh, I know we're both thinking the same you thing. You got a motherfucking Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream. scream. Ah! It was so good. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. The Wilhelm scream. The most famous scream in all of Hollywood. Go look it up if you don't. We can't do it perfectly. But yeah. it is the greatest thing. And I was so excited. It was awesome. Right, it was definitely we got, one of we my got favorite moments. Han. Uh, Wilhelm Scream was in Howard the Duck. I think that's our next one. Uh, it's in Howard the Duck at some point. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. It, but it's Han. It's Chewie. It's a Wilhelm Scream. This is when this thing gets great. <laughs> oh, man, I was excited. It's a Stormtrooper. They're beating Stormtrooper ass. Yeah. He's falling down. He's They're murdering fools like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it so friggin' much. It was amazing. I forgot Art Carney was there, but I think he shows up one more time, and he uh, again he's like, "Oh, finally, I get to act opposite a human. This is great. It's it's great." This is the point where I'm like, "Oh man," I was, I was like, "Oh," I got very wistful because I was like, Harrison Ford was so young. Yeah, he looks everybody was so young, young and so beautiful, not jaded. Yeah, he's act- and he's like in it. I know you mentioned it before, but he's just in it this entire time. Yeah, it's great. Um, he's there to finally wish them like a happy life day. Art Carney says, happy life day. May the force be with you. And then the Wookiees all immediately grab a bunch of snow globes and go to heaven. Then it got hella weird. It got super weird. It's like, it goes from like a pretty standard story and then it becomes the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. They all grab their their light up snow globes. They put on their red robes and then walk to heaven. well, Well, I feel like they didn't, like they held the globes. The light takes over. And then they're in the place, and they have the robes, and they walk towards the light. Very 2001. And, yeah. Like, like, they walk toward this light. I honestly thought it was about to end. I was like, oh, it ends with them walking into a light for some yeah. reason. Also, I don't know where this is. It seems like they're, like, they teleported some other into dimension. space. Like, yeah. some sort of, like, space bridge that they're going through. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And they so they walk in. They've got their robes on, their Life Day robes. There's a ton of other Wookiees there celebrating in this pocket universe or wherever the hell they yeah. went this afterlife life day, i don't know this garden of during life, life day, like i don't know yeah. what this 
places if it's in their mind or if their souls went there. No, no, no. They're they're all there they're unless it is like their minds because what we'll find is there's a huge collection of Wookiees. There's probably about screaming. 30 or 40 of them. All, they're, they're probably all just screaming. They're just chatting. But in Wookiee, it just sounds like they're all screaming. And it made me think like, oh, this is probably why they didn't do Wookiee Kashyyyk for Return of the Jedi because this would have been horrible. Yeah. That's why they probably went with Ewoks. Ewoks are cuter anyway and they can yeah. make new toys. But and different it, noises. Yeah. And much I, less aggressive noises. I The whole time I was thinking, I should probably take a blood pressure pill. <laughs> getting, getting, yeah, just making it raise and raise throughout. Um, but if this is definitely heaven, then our idealized versions of everybody come through because Luke wearing his Tatooine outfit yeah. shows up. Leia in her uh, with the buns. I think she had the buns she in had the first them. scene, yeah. but she's wearing her white outfit from the Death Star. She's and lucid. Han, she's lucid for a change. Yeah, Han shows up, and we kind of hear a th- version of the theme from the end of Star Wars with yeah. like the. I thought Chewie was maybe finally going to get his medal because I had definitely never seen this part yeah. um, of the thing. I realized I'm glad I we could it. experience this bizarro uh, together then. And so the one human character who can, or one of the few human characters who can speak, does speak. It's Princess Leia. She gives a speech about being happy that it's Life Day, and then she sings a friggin' song. <laughs> I will say, I one thing I thought was great was. I guess the message of what she was saying where it was really weird. Cause I was like, how are, I didn't hear the message. All I could see was how bored Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford looked. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice how that. they wanted to jump off a building. I, Cause the whole time I was thinking, how are they here? How are droids here who have, notes or oh yeah that's souls true or whatever how are these droids here because c-3po the, and r2d2 and the only there. time that they ever actually admitted that like we're droids without souls because they're yeah. like we wish we were not droids that way we could feel things the way you do yeah we and wish that we were alive blew my brain out too because r2d2 and c-3po have more personality than half the human characters in the prequels and it's like, what? They don't have souls? Yeah. But I mean, I guess they're sentient I, they're, enough to know that they don't have oh souls. Oh my god. That's like the saddest part of any of these movies. That's sadder <laughs> than, you know, than Anakin Skywalker's fall. That's sadder than Padme dying before she got to meet her children. That's sadder than, you know, Luke and Leia not getting a chance to know their father as he was. It's like, oh no. The saddest thing is C-3PO and R2-D2 having to admit that they don't have souls. They should have just let it hang on that moment. And everybody just looks at them sadly and then moves on. Dude, no. It should have been. They said that. And then Chewbacca's like, oh, oh, and he gives them each a soul as a life day gift. Wow. It's a life day miracle. It's like a very Wizard of Oz type yeah, moment. Yeah. I think that would have been great. You had it all the time. But then, uh, yeah, then also Luke, Han, and Leia are there. And they even say, like, I know this is your holiday. But we wanted to share with you or, you know, thanks for inviting us or whatever. And it's like, you all said your goodbyes, first of all. Like, Han just yeah, said Han goodbye. Han was like, peace, guys. And then he's back. And how did you get here? Did you know. have glowing orb things that you all were like, like how did you, I, I seriously, how did you get here? How are you, how did you get here? Why did you feel entitled enough to come here? It's their holiday. I know, I you're like, like, what are you doing here? However. Cultural appropriation, man. However, here's why it's great. I did really like what Leia said about no matter how different we look, we're all in this together against the powers of darkness. And I think that's, that's nice. a nice message. That's nice. And I mean, that is just all about, uh, that's just Star Wars in a nutshell too. But yeah. uh, I did love that. I thought that was a really nice message. Um, saying something good yeah. uh, in, you know, I, I guess by 78, things were a little bit less tumultuous, but you know, we were about to hit the eighties and things were about to change a lot in humanity. And, 
Uh, it's a good message to have. I mean, shit, that's a message that we need today. today uh, yeah. Something that we, I wish, you know, some of our leaders would say. But, but yeah, that's a nice then message. She sings. And then she sings and ruins the whole thing. <laughs> no, she's got a fine voice. I mean, you know, she's Debbie Reynolds', Debbie Reynolds. killed kids so she's you know she's capable and you can actually see that there's like lucidity in her eyes and light in her eyes and uh and again besides everyone looking incredible i mean even c-3po looks bored C-3PO's um, like, and after the song's done then it cuts to chewbacca like this really weird close-up of chewbacca i was really just staring like what's happening? right at the camera and it would like cut to these like shots from the first movie which we only have the one movie at this point because it's 78 and it's just shots from the movie it's like his life passing before his eyes on life day i guess but only his life his life in the last like couple of months i guess because you're right all it is that's all that matters yeah nothing of his family you can't yeah you kind of realize with han you kind of realize like oh man chewy was not like they did a lot with very little in that because they even show clips that don't even have chewy in them they're like shots of like yeah. Obi-Wan about to, you know, sacrifice himself and stuff like that. And it's like, what? Do you think Chewie thought Obi-Wan was looking at him in that moment? I think he did. I think, it was, where was Chewie in that moment? Was Chewie's he, like. He's like behind Luke in that. So like, yeah, yeah does Chewie like, like. He's like, me? Me? He's like, Are you looking at me? It was me. He's like, it was me. Obi-Wan like, loves me. Run, Chewie. <laughs> and so we get all these clips of him just imagining times. And it fades out. And I was like, are you kidding me? Is that the end of the special? But then it goes. But it wasn't. One, one last shot of the family of Wookiees all sitting around the life day table. Yeah. About to have a. They, there was actual no a food. Life day meal? They, I guess oh, yeah. there, was there was food? no food. I don't think there was actual food they in front pray. of them. They pray. They pray. And that's the end of the special. Uh, somber somber ending i guess but they're grateful but like a nice it, but that part they're was like oh, that life. actually felt like holiday yeah because the weird orb thing is too weird and ceremonial that's and what like, we do that was oh that's what you do that's in your family what we do we grab some glowy orbs and we transcend to another dimension oh have you carrie fisher sing us a song super high <laughs> and just go for it um i was disappointed chewy did not get a medal because i thought maybe that since the music was there that was what was yeah. gonna happen that would have been a great ending, but I was just really disturbed. I think any any time, any time, yeah, me too, hundred uh, percent. Any time they just linger on a Wookiee is really disturbing yeah. because their eyes and their mouth, like like, and it was also just the way they shot it because everything is so overblown and so blown yeah. out in the lighting that the eyes are just a little bit more crisp and clear than they were in the movies because I feel like there's a lot of shadow yeah. uh, play in in the thing in the movies. So it's just weird yeah, seeing just those human eyes in these like dog snouts. Yeah, it was really creepy. But um, Itchy, a character who plays very heavily in the beginning, plays very little by the end of it. Fine by me. <laughs> yeah, this weird gummy mouth is gone for half of it. Uh, Lumpy doesn't really. I guess Lumpy just gets his dad on life day. That's all he wanted. Mala just wanted Chewie to be back. Everyone got what they wanted. They have their life day together, and the world is better for it. Yeah. Because so, that's what the Life Day tree is all about. That is. Oh, the Tree of Life that they go to. The tree of Life. Not the Terrence Malick film. <laughs> Quite a good movie, though. Although it was close. So there was some pretty weird stuff <laughs> Yeah, happening. I know. It was like the that first 20 <laughs> minutes of Tree of Life of like the evolution. Yeah. Uh, it was very reminiscent of that for a minute there. Uh, so well, so here's why it's great, man. I mean, like yeah. we, we've kind of discussed, we've run the gamut on this whole thing. We, we went through the gauntlet of this 
sort of punishing hour and 30 minutes <laughs> and uh, realize that, you know, not all Star Wars is good Star Wars. I mean, the prequels prove that. Um, <laughs> Zinga. But it's in the same way as the prequels. It's like there are things that are great about it. That cartoon was freaking great. Seeing yeah. Han and Chewie just being Han and Chewie. Uh, that Wilhelm scream was great. I still do, honest to God, appreciate the fact that they have a 20-minute scene of just domestic stuff with two, with three Wookiees with no human dialogue. Yeah. At the very beginning of the special for 30 minutes, there's something insane about that yeah. that I love. Yeah. That I, I can't describe. I mean, like, you know, I saw The Room, and the first time I saw The Room, it, for all of its faults and how bad it was, I thought it was great. I think it's kind of the same thing. I just appreciate things that are weird yeah. and nonsense. Um. So I yeah. think that's great about it. They took no. a chance. I would love to see that um, choice done today because yeah. I think I think it would be more successful. But I, yeah. I do agree that it's pretty it's pretty um, gutsy to yeah. do something like that. I could have done without the comedy quote unquote stylings of or the quote unquote comedy stylings of Harvey Corman in his various roles. Like yeah. none of those brought anything to the table. Art Carney, fine. He at least, like, narratively served a purpose. Yeah. So he came in and uh, pushed things forward a little bit. Uh, it's weird because it was, like, a variety show, but it had a, a like more of a thrust. through yeah. a line. I think had you cut out all the variety show bullshit, like the instructional videos, had you cut B. Arthur out of it, even though that was not the worst part of it, yeah. you could have cut the porno part. Uh, you yes. could have cut the uh, the jugglers and the Cirque du Soleil act at the beginning. I feel like you would you could have tightened things up Solid and made hour. it... Uh, a solid 40 30 minutes, minutes maybe. 30 yeah, minutes. I, I, I guess think... you could have had an hour, including commercials, like a 45-minute yeah. like thing where it's like all just about Chewy. But, you know, I guess you needed some humans speaking to to carry this thing through. Yeah. but I think it was just like you were saying, George Lucas was really busy. They tried to meld the variety show thing with an actual like story, and it kind of just needed to be one or the other. Yeah. And honestly, man, like, as bad as it is, it's still in the Star Wars universe, and there's something yeah. fun about that. And, like, it's building out a lot of things, because at that time, there was no expanded universe that was just the movie, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. So it started to expand the universe for the first time, and it was going into uncharted territory, and yeah. did it successfully with Boba Fett, and yeah. whatever that planet was, which is, I wish they could visit that in one of the movies. That was a neat planet. Yeah, that was cool. Like, everything, they like, the ground was all mushy and gooey, and you could, you know, I don't know, like, sludge... Uh, they had neat dinosaurs and stuff on it. Um, so, like, expanding some of the mythology in a way that was really cool. Expanding it in some dumb ways with aliens that don't make sense and droids that don't make sense. Um, I think that the Harvey Corman robot that's malfunctioning is, like, a precursor to Lobot, uh, which is Lando Calrissian's oh, yeah, robot. Yeah, yeah. Like, a very humanoid-looking droid. Yeah. <laughs> so, Harvey Corman's a precursor to that. Sure. I guess by the by the point that Empire rolls around, they had worked out the kinks of the model. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, to, you know, sold them to Lando in Cloud City. Uh, so it's, like I said, it was going under uncharted terrain, and it was kind of, like, great that we got this weirdo thing that makes no sense. Because George Lucas became, I think this is actually what led him to being so protective over the, the, the property, was he saw this and was like, holy shit, this is what could happen in the wrong hands. Yeah. Let me take care of this and protect it. It's sort of like uh, when Marvel was going bankrupt and they sold their rights to everything. Yeah. And now they're like, shit, you know, Disney's spending literally billions of dollars to get back all these Marvel rights. You see what could happen in the wrong hands with these characters. And that's what makes Kevin Feige so protective of Marvel. It's kind of can be a good thing. I mean, it's a little, sometimes a property being too insulated uh, with its creator can be a bad thing. 
Uh, obviously, prequels. it's working working pretty. Yeah, the prequels. It's working pretty well for Marvel, but I, you know, I think it's not the worst thing. But yeah, it taught George an important lesson. I think. Yeah, that's that makes sense, and I I do think you know I I have no desire to watch that in in its entirety again anytime soon. However, I'm really glad that we watched it, and it was. It might have been more fun to talk about than to actually watch, but there was a lot of stuff that I did think was great and a lot of stuff that I took away from it that I'm like, man, I, I'm really glad that I saw it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always knew that it was around, but I never took the time to watch it because I heard it was so bad. But man, I'm I, I'm grateful for this podcast because it forced us to sit down and watch that, that whatever that was. <laughs> whatever it was. I, yeah. it's, it's like, I don't even know what to call it. Like... And yeah, if you're going to watch it, I would recommend, you know, skip through some of the, the comedy segments. You can skip through some of that stuff. But you know what? Give it a shot. Like, watch the whole thing. I think watch the whole thing once. You'll see what you like, what you don't like about yeah. it. And luckily, everything's split up into clips. And I'm sure that all the Han and Chewie stuff is edited in its own video yeah. uh, on YouTube. And I think that's why I missed some of the stuff. I think I, like, I don't remember any of the Han and Chewie stuff when I did my watch. Uh, I thought it just started in Kashyyyk. And, and it was just them for 20 minutes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but... It's it's got some really wonderful stuff in there, and it's just I mean it's it's still and it's wonderful to see Star Wars before everything changed like that's still that pure version of everybody yeah and obviously like you know there's the problems with Leia being drunk and Luke looking like you know a 45 year old lesbian woman uh, sure so, but but it's it's fun to see what they were before we you know before things really changed and yeah and I think there's something really magical about that I agree. But what do you think, listeners? Do you think we're crazy? Do we think that the Star Wars Holly special, the last remaining copy, should be burned? Should George Lucas's wishes be carried out? Have we gone to the dark side? Have we gone to the dark side? Or is the Force strong? Regardless of your feelings on it, you should let us know about it. Whatever side of light or dark you fall on, let us know uh, at our email, hwigpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to Instagram or uh, Twitter. At HWIG Podcast, we uh, we like to post a lot of pictures on the tw- on the Twitter and on the Instagram. There's a lot of content we go up there. Uh, a lot of little short musings. Uh, I've posted some videos. I posted one recently of uh, Batman and Robin, uh, a clip together of all of Mr. Freeze's ice puns, nice. uh, edited together by the great Scott Gardner, mm, a really funny ice. guy. But yeah, you should <laughs> yes, <laughs> mm, ice. So definitely check that out. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. And let us know what you think about this episode, uh, about the Star Wars holiday special, but also what other stuff you'd like us to tackle. If there's something that you think is horrible, we would love to tell you why it's great. Yeah, I mean, if we could tell you why this was great, then we could really do anything. <laughs> I feel like uh, we're, I thought we reached our worst point at Batman and Robin, but man, it, there, <laughs> there are deeper depths to, to plunge. <laughs> we did it. Yep. But yeah, let us know what you think. And until then, may the Force be with you. Happy holidays. And most importantly, happy Life Day. We'll see you next time on Here's Why It's Great.